Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In progress. One, episode 572 with me, Yuri Besmanov, and Dr. Keith Rose. And uh, you do have a fascinating life. Uh, you worked in the uh, the intelligence community, military armed forces, uh you're a, uh, I believe, a plastic surgeon now and the busiest man on the planet. And I am lucky enough to have stolen <laughs> you for 30 minutes at the uh, and shout out to Dr. Federer. Who I asked him, I was like, Dr. Federer, do you want to come on and talk about mandates? And he was like, you need to have on this guy. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And he was like, you need to have him on. So I was like, all right. But uh, yeah, man. That was kind of Dr. Federer to say that. I don't, I don't know. He's probably like, let him take the arrows for a while. Which is cool. <laughs> he's probably like, you're going to get the Yuri impression. Dr. Federer's a, a brilliant guy, oh, you know, wow. and he, he's someone that uh, speaks the truth. And that's really all people need right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and well, for speaking the truth, I got permanently banned from YouTube. And, uh, and as I've the, often the criticism I get is that I'm some anti-vax whack job. And as I'll say for the millionth time, I graduated with a biology degree. I got into medical school. I got into pharmacy school. I published research in aquatic toxicology. I am not anti-vax. What I am anti is censorship and suppression. Science does not need a gatekeeper. Science does not need a goalkeeper. No one to keep score. Science is that which remains. It's much like an element. That which you cannot boil down more. And the idea that not only are we going to have these vaccine mandates, but that thou shall not speak of it, to me is, at worst, it reeks of totalitarian control. At best, it reeks of incompetence. What are your thoughts on it, man? Well, I mean, well, that's a wide open question. <laughs> you know, what you, what you said about science is good because science has always been about the question. I mean, you have to question science. If we followed the science back in, you know, 200 years ago, we'd still be bleeding people to death, right? If we followed the science, you know, during the Civil War, every time someone had an extremity injury, we'd just whack it off Mm -hmm. because that was a science back then. And probably that was good science because they didn't have antibiotics. They didn't have advanced wound care that we have now. So when people start lobbying insults or when when someone immediately starts labeling people, I, I discount them as uh, they've already lost the argument. Mm-hmm. They're not willing to talk about the merits. You've published, I've published over 15 papers in peer reviewed journals. And I can remember back when we would publish, I would have to go to a meeting. One, I would have to defend it in front of an IRB, an institutional review board, depending on where I was publishing. Then I would have to, you would submit it to a journal. You would go to a meeting, defend your paper which was always fun because you're in a room full of doctors where, you know, sometimes right, sometimes wrong, never in doubt. And um, at the end of the day, we've seen, unfortunately, the, the erosion of integrity in the scientific and medical community. I remember when I graduated from med school, it was a long time ago. Um, but the guy that spoke it, I don't remember his name, but I remember what he said because he was talking about how medicine was the last true profession, that lawyers had, you know, gone the way of the world's oldest profession. And, you know, it, it, 
it made a lot of sense to me. And unfortunately, I don't think he could say that today because organized medicine has gone the way of pretty much any bureaucratic group, mm-hmm. any group that's grown so large that it just, it's no longer about completing its a mission or it's what it was designed for. It's about, it's about a growth in a dysfunctional organization where just don't make any mistakes, get as high as you can. And then, you know, you'll be set. The problem is you don't solve, you can't solve issues that way. You can't, you know, cure diseases that way. And then you throw in the financial aspect of that where people all of a sudden you have peer reviewed journals like the Lancet, which was a very was, and I use that in the past tense, a very respected journal that published a study on hydroxychloroquine that had to be retracted two weeks later because they couldn't get the medical records on one of the 84,000 patients in this retrospective study. And so when you see that type of, that wasn't a one-off, that was not a mistake in the peer review process. That was an abrogation of the peer review process. That was putting things out to see if they stick. And unfortunately, right now, we have a lot of people that with this vaccine is a great example. They're saying whatever they can to see if it sticks. You just had a a whistleblower from HHS come out the other day, and I'm sure you've seen it. Um, James O'Keefe, who does a yeoman's work and and really in Project Veritas. This woman, she comes out, and I loved what she said because she was so authentic, and I would challenge everyone to go and find this video and look at it because here you have someone who didn't have a crisis of conscience. She just had a moral compass. She knew what was right, and she knew what was wrong, and she wasn't going to abide by something that was evil. And so she said, yeah, they were seeing problems with this vaccine, and no one's saying anything. And then you had the doctor (laughs) that said, well, We'd like to report it, but we're not supposed to. We'd like to write for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, but they tell us we can't. And and I would say the moment you do that, you're you're no longer a physician. You you violated your your first oath, which was primum non necessary, do no harm. And you've become not a cog in the wheel. Basically, you've just become a a part of the problem. And you're definitely not part of any solution. So you've had some very brave doctors come out. You've had Dr. McCullough. You've had a lot of really sharp guys. Um, Dr. Ioannidis has come out. You have the the virologist couple from Germany, the Indian couple, Bhattachari, I believe. Uh, and Dr. Bhattachari, too, but there's another couple in India. I mean, these are brilliant, or in Germany, they're brilliant doctors. And they're well-read. They understand the scientific process. And and the first thing they were saying was something very simple. Hey, we're not following the scientific process. We're not making a hypothesis, testing the hypothesis, and then being honest about results. What we're doing is, I guess you could say with the vaccine, and you understand the scientific method, right? Yes, sir. You have your hypothesis, you have your methods, you have your experiment, and then you have your results. Well, the new scientific method, the woke scientific method is here are our results. Question our method and we're going to call you names. We're going to say you're anti-science because you have to just accept from us, the anointed ones, that we we know what we're talking about, but they don't. And, you know, it's funny. You said this when we were talking the other day, and I really appreciate it. You said the truth is going to get to the top eventually. It has a way of raising its ugly head. And... um you know, Goebbels even said it best. You know, Goebbels said, you know, repeat a lie enough times, it becomes the truth. 
But he also, in a later interview that no one talks about, says, yeah, but eventually the truth is going to get out. So you got to push it as hard as you can and protect it. And I think the truth is coming out. And this vaccine is sin qua non proof that the truth is coming out, that these vaccines appear by all accounts not to be vaccines. And what I mean by that is the definition of a vaccine is something that would prevent you from getting the disease that the vaccine is there for. And not only prevents you from getting it, but prevents you from spreading it. So one, even according to the own vaccine makers, this does not prevent you from getting or spreading the disease. So they've had to redefine a vaccine, which is something that makes the disease less severe. Last time I checked, that was a therapeutic, not a vaccine. But if you say that, you're anti-science, you're anti-vax, and that little garden gnome, Dr. Fauci, is going to, Lord Farquaad, is going to run out on his horse. That little and, garden uh, gnome. <laughs> oh, that's all I can call him. I mean, you know, I don't know what he is. He's, he, he's little, been around so that long. That little garden gnome. No, perfect. Sorry. He's that guy that's yeah. beating on your ankle, ankles going, mask. No, not mask. mask. Science. No, no mask. not science. Stop doing it. Yeah. Stop doing it. Stop asking. Yes, mama. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like from Shrek. He's Lord Farquaad. I mean, he, he is just the prototype for Lord Farquaad. But anyway. He, he's, he's out there and he's been caught in so many contradictions. And then you have reputable doctors like Dr. McCullough, one of the most published people on coronavirus. I mean, a, a board certified cardiologist. This guy is a brilliant man, but he's also something that we need in the medical community. He's someone with integrity. He's someone that is willing to risk his life, his fortune, and his sacred honor for the truth. And I think we need more of that. And, and this vaccine has really showed where people are right now yeah it's um yeah the truth will come out and there's there's another quote i can never remember who it's by but it's uh it's it's the truth is like a perfect fabric it's something that can't be cut there's no missing pieces there are no threads you can cover it up for a while you can do a really good job of covering it up but it or another one is like it's like sunlight if you want to sleep in during the day, like you can close the blinds still a little. You can put a blanket over the window. You can I did this in college. You can nail a blanket over the window. No sunlight. Eventually it falls off or you open the door or someone knocks on it and you see some light. You cannot stop. You can create a blacked out room. But if it's the middle of the day, the sun will come through. And maybe you can go your whole life. But you go 100 years, the wood and the walls are going to start rotting. And eventually some plaster is going to fall through. The light comes through. And another analogy I always use is something like, you know, something like JFK. That's a political thing where let's say he was, and I don't think, but let's say he was whacked by, uh, by some conspirators. There might be a dossier out there that was burned. And that, that information no longer exists. There's not, you can't find it because someone burned it. Unlike I've had on Charlie Duke, who walked on the moon. You could argue, you could cover it up and say there's no moon landing. There, eventually, we're seeing now with civilians going into space, eventually, on a long enough timeline, someone's going to send up a telescope or someone's going to go walk there themselves. And they're going to find the footprints and they're going to go, here it is. He was here. Eventually, any sort of plaster wall you put around the truth, it will break apart eventually. You can do a very good job of covering it up, but it will break out. It will seep through, and especially with something like biology. Again, if it's a political, maybe you could you could hide it forever. But, I mean, Joseph Lister came to the United States and went on, like, a medical tour. 
to talk about like uh, using what is it, phenol or an alcohol to like clean wounds. He was laughed out. But eventually, he started getting patients in private, kind of like patients kind of going and getting ivermectin now. There's a great book called The Butchering Art by Lindsay Fitzharris. And he talks about, Joseph Lister talks about in his journals, how he started getting like patients who didn't want anyone else to know they were coming to him because he was a quack doctor. But, you know, it's like, hey, I, you know, I have to have this lump removed from my breast or something. I heard that you can do it and like I won't die. Or like I heard you can give me something so I won't feel the pain. And he, he literally put him on his dining room table spray everything down he had this like pump with like feed off some like steampunk shit clean them give them some like chloroform or something and they'd survive but eventually you know word gets out like hey you know how your cousin had that operation and it starts swelling up and he died at 25 yeah i know a guy man he does this weird thing and my wife swears by eventually it gets out and yeah my boss yeah my boss always said you know the old man always said sunshine is the best disinfectant and you have to bring light to a subject and so when you're dealing with these vaccines, you have to bring light and understand what they are. You know, we have an emergency use authorization for a vaccine. And a lot of people are saying, well, why don't we know more about the safety of these vaccines? Have you noticed there's no, we're not getting updates every week on the safety of these vaccines. To put it in perspective, to give, I always, I always like try to show the deception behind the deception. To put it in perspective, when we had the swine flu vaccine, you had, I think, 200 soldiers at Fort Dix that got diagnosed with swine flu. One of them died, but when you look at the case, he was for, he did a forced march voluntarily, and he died a heat stroke. He would have died anyway. It had nothing to do with the swine flu, but he died. And so the government turns around and orders 200 million doses of swine flu vaccine, of which 45 million were given. And they do this massive campaign from the CDC. And this is like 1974, right? Mm -hmm. And they do this massive campaign. The CDC director gets, has, puts out a letter that says all these celebrities are doing this and everyone should do it. They have professional athletes talking about it. Problem is that 53 people die from it and thousands of people have really bad reactions. And they had this because they were constantly monitoring those reactions. They had, they had, had to look at the safety profile and they pulled it after 53 deaths. Now, this is something that we, a lot of people may have never heard of on your show, but there was something back in the seventies called journalism. You could see it written on the side of a cave wall. They had, you know, like the little buffaloes with the arrows in them. And then you have a journalist there writing. And I, a gentleman by the name of Mike Wallace, Chris Wallace's father, worked for 60 Minutes at CBS. And he interviewed two or three years later the director of the CDC, who had, ironically enough, been the longest-running director of the CDC. He grew up really big, and then he went on to work for a medical company. And um, so he interviewing this guy, and it's fascinating. I'd, I'd encourage you to get the, the video on this. It's 60 minutes, and Mike Wallace just destroys this guy. Shows him to be, like you said, an absolute liar. You know, the truth comes out. And so he says, how many cases did you have after that initial outbreak of swine flu in the United States? How many were confirmed diagnosis? And he said, none. How many around the world? He goes, well, we, we had some reports, but no confirmed diagnosis. So they did 200 million vaccines were ordered, 45 million were given without a single confirmed diagnosis after the initial quote outbreak. 
And then he asked the guy, and it's interesting because they're interviewing a scientist that warned about this vaccine being very dangerous because, and this is important, I don't want to lose anyone in the weeds. Back with the swine flu, the vaccine that was approved to be given was not the vaccine that was given. So they said the swine flu vaccine was approved. It was, but it's not the one that they gave. They used the testing results from one vaccine to get the approval and then gave a completely different vaccine. And it all comes out on 60 Minutes. That and the fact that this whistleblower said, I told them that this would be very dangerous. And when they confront the CDC director, he makes a really interesting statement. Mike Wallace just grills him and says, people were dying. This scientist says he told you and you admit that this was a dangerous vaccine. And he said, well, that wasn't the consensus of the science at that time. The same thing Dr. Fauci is saying today. So now let's fast forward to what we have right now. We have an EUA for three vaccines, but we just had an FDA approval. The FDA approval is for a vaccine called, I believe it's Comirnaty or Comirnaty. Comirnaty. Yeah. That's not in the United States. We can't get that. So we still don't have an FDA-approved vaccine in the United States of America. They're still under EUA, which is Emergency Youth Authorization. And the bottom line is you can't mandate an EUA because that violates federal law. It, I mean, it is federal law that you cannot mandate a vaccine that's under emergency use authorization because it's, by definition, an experimental product. And so it when anyone gets an experimental product, you know, we have a government that loves to get the world's opinion on everything and talk to our global partners. Well, if they want to talk to our global partners, they need to ask about the Nuremberg Code because that's the foundation for ethical medicine. And no one can be coerced to participate in an experiment without informed consent. And they say consent of the individual under the Nuremberg Code is it has to happen absolutely. Nothing else can happen if you don't have that consent. So right now, you have a vaccine being given without complete consent because they can't describe it to you because they're not reporting on the emergency aspect or the, the complications of it and the safety profile. Now, we can look back and go, well, why aren't we reporting on the safety profile? Well, then you go back to the CARES Act under Obama. And I believe the proper act before that, two years before, there were two omnibus bills passed under Obama that gutted the FDA's emergency or, or excuse me, safety profile requirements for a vaccine and also the animal studies for a vaccine. They just that's why you don't pass bills that, as Nancy Pelosi famously said, we have to pass it so we can read it and know what's in it. So where we are right now is we have an FDA that's saying we don't have to do that because it was it's not it's not a requirement and technically they're correct but the Nuremberg code which is you know they want us to be under global understanding the Nuremberg code is unequivocal so it's interesting can we call the UN to go arrest Joe Biden and all the the doctors that are pushing this unethical vaccine so all your viewers need to understand that the vaccines that you're getting are still under emergency use authorization. And no one can legally order anyone and mandate any emergency use authorization. So 
you have that as your first step. They can't do it legally. They can't do it as far as even constitutionally, yet people are doing it. A lot of people are being threatened with it. So let's go to the safety profiles that we know about this vaccine. Again, a vaccine is something that usually is a de-attenuated virus that you put into your system, that your body, as a biology major, you understand this, your body goes, oh, that's bad, I'll make antibodies. And your body makes antibodies to it, and it goes after the disease when your body sees it. This vaccine isn't that. This vaccine is, for lack of a better explanation, it's like a little computer code. So you're getting injected with a computer code, which is a messenger RNA sequence of nucleotides. Then your cells take up this code and they go, oh, this code's telling me to make a spike protein. So they make a spike protein, but not just one spike protein. All your cells make spike proteins. And so now your cells make the antigen that your antibodies identify and go, oh, holy crap, we got to kill this. And that's why you're seeing these cases of encephalitis, which is inflammation of the brain. It's why you're seeing cases of myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart. It's why you're seeing cases of dermatitis, inflammation of the skin, because your body is having, it's attacking itself. And that's just the acute or the early consequences of this. We don't even know what the later consequences are because we know this affects CD8 function, the cells that do the surveillance for killing tumors in the body that prevent us from getting cancer. We don't know what that's going to do. Now, the CD4, the helper cells, were the ones that were attacked in AIDS. But CD8 cells are what are being broken down, my understanding, with these vaccines. So you have a vaccine that's not a vaccine using experimental gene therapy that's under an emergency use authorization. And the last thing I would tell people, so now you understand what it is, you understand what it does, and you understand we don't even understand the complete safety profile. What we know unequivocally is there's been over 12,000 deaths, and it's probably more now, from this vaccine as voluntarily reported on the VAERS system. I think it's higher. There's been, oh yeah, I think it may be 21,000 now. There are hundreds of thousands, and maybe it'd be half a million adverse reactions, I mean bad adverse reactions to this. Put that against 53 deaths and several thousand. We're at 14,000 as of today. Yeah, 14,000 that we know of. That and we, we know of. And, and according to this whistleblower, they've had a lot of deaths that they're not reporting at HHS, and you can, you can look at that and multiply it. I can tell you that people that come in after the shot, after the vaccine, if they're sick and have a COVID, they diagnose them with pneumonia and send them home. They don't give them a COVID diagnosis. And when they test someone in the hospital, the hospital asks, asks them their vaccine status. If, they're pos- if they've had the vaccine, the cycle count on the PCR is 28. If they haven't had the vaccine, then they go up to 40 plus, which at 40, you could probably make a glass of water positive for COVID. I don't know. It's it, Terry Mullis, the PhD that built that, test that designed it said it wasn't even for diagnosing anything so you you see that now we have a vaccine that's killed a lot of people that's caused a lot of problems and here's the biggest thing again i'm not against vaccines why can't we talk about this why are we going after people immediately we're not they're not engaging the arena of information 
They're not saying, okay, let's fight fire with fire. You want to say the vax is bad. We're going to say it's good. And here's why. Mm -hmm. All they're saying is, oh, YouTube. No, you can't be on that anymore. You've got Facebook practicing medicine without a license telling you what works and doesn't work. And I'll, I'll say something that I don't know a lot of people will say. I believe that there's enough information out there on this disease that doctors that send patients home without treatment are committing malpractice mm -hmm. because you can't say, well, Dr. Fauci told me to do that because then my first, my first answer to that would be, oh, did Dr. Fauci train you? Did doctor, are you under Dr. Fauci for your medical license? You know, you can't, if someone comes into an ER and they're, they're sick, you can't say, oh, you're COVID positive and send them home and tell them to come back when they can't breathe. So you're going to find out that people are committing malpractice. Pharmacies are refusing to fill ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine scripts. Now, I have, a, I have a solution for this. I've done it. I had a patient I wrote hydroxychloroquine for, and the pharmacist refused to fill it. So I called the pharmacist, and I said, I understand you're refusing to fill this. And they said, yes. And I said, okay, I just need your complete name, your employee number, and all your information, because I'm going to put it in my electronic medical record that will keep this on file for the lifetime of the patient. Because I know you're aware that there are several peer-reviewed studies that show this early treatment works. And I, as a medical doctor who has completed my training and has treated thousands of patients, recommend this. So if you refuse to fill it, I just want to document it very clearly. So can you spell your last name for me? Because when the family eventually decides to sue, this person dies, they can't sue the vaccine maker. They, they won't sue me, but they're going to have someone to sue because you don't have no, you have, at least you carry malpractice insurance from my understanding. And I just want to understand this. And they said, well, our corporate's telling us to do that. I said, that's fine. And I'm sure when we sue you, you can sue them for telling you to do it, but you're going to get sued. And the guy goes, I'll fill it. And he did. And I never had any more problems after that. I, I, every time they start, I just start, well, I need your name. I need to put this in here. The thing is this. I'm all for understanding what works and what doesn't. But we're not even allowed to talk about it anymore. And who makes these decisions? We're going to either be a free society. And in, you're not a free society. You will not have any medical advances. This is the beginning of... People say the beginning of the end. We may be at the end of the end. I don't know. But if we can't in medicine experiment, fail, and learn from our failures, then we're not going to, we won't evolve. And we're basically going to become another banana republic. And the problem is I'm not really sure where we're going to see the advances in medicine because most of them come from the U.S. It's... Best case scenario, it's uh, it's a bunch of people being overly uh, protective and careful and saying, "Oh, we don't know what works and what doesn't." I think most realistic that doesn't that doesn't work though. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm like, giving them the absolute bullshit benefit of the doubt. Hear me out. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even think you can give them that now. You could in the beginning. Oh, but I'm, you can't now. I'm, I'm with you. I don't agree with the thing a word I'm saying right now, but I am saying. Let's just throw that at the wall and go, okay, on this end, you didn't mean to punch your little brother, all right? Let's say, Ma, I threw my fist and he was right there. Okay, we'll put it on this end. Most realistically, let's just look at Occam's razor. Let's look at something with the most evidence, whether it's, what, was it Harvard or uh, uh, 
uh, the the sugar companies or the cereal companies paying those Harvard physicians back in the 70s to draw the triangle a certain way because they could produce this many grains and the new sugar was addictive. Or every doctor smokes Lucky Strikes. Or I drink when I'm pregnant. It doesn't bother me. And those like 1950s, you know, it's like they got the big like grease car. Or even go to the 1990s. You can find the videos right now on YouTube until they take those down. Oxycontin gave me my life back with no downsides. And then what? Uh, I've interviewed Gerald Posner, who wrote the book Pharma. is all about the Sackler family and the amount of payoffs and timeshares and free cruises and all sorts of things, revolving door jobs they're giving to physicians to, to prescribe this. And then don't, don't ask anything about it. It's Oxycontin. It works well. It's happened so many times. We know that money is the driving factor behind it. It's happened so many times why wouldn't it happen now? It's exactly what's happening. Well, and it, it, it's, it's, I think it's money. And I also think there's other agendas out there that sure. are glad to let people push this for money. You know, and the thing is, I think if these, if these vaccine companies are so confident with this vaccine, just pull their liability. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, I just say you're liable now. Okay. You can believe it. You can say it, but. If something happens, you're liable. I mean, why does this vaccine company get a free pass? Because, again, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't start out with this. It's a disease under the age of 70 that 99.9% .9 of the people will live with. So it's not a death sentence. Now, if you use Redemsevir and you look up the study that Fauci quotes, you'll realize that 54% of those people died from Redemsevir in that study. And it's really a bad drug, and it shouldn't be used, I don't believe based on what I've read and what I've seen. But, you know, there, there are good therapeutics out there. So you can't get emergency use authorization if you can treat it, if there's a therapeutic. So that's why they went after hydroxychloroquine in March 2020. Ivermectin's the same way. Now you have monoclonal antibodies. Those work well, too, in conjunction with other things. But now they're using the, well, maybe for thee, but not for, you know, you. And... It's going to be an interesting time because I don't think this administration is trying to hide anything. I think we have a complete rupture of the Constitution. We live in a post-constitutional era. And if American citizens don't look at what happened in like Denmark, where they started to institute vax mandates and millions of people went to the street and they said, we're not going to do it. Over 70% of the country said that. And you know, the, the, the powers to be said, okay, we're not going to do it. That's the problem we have in this country. We don't have enough people standing on principle. We have them more concerned with what other people think and not realizing that that ratchet only goes one way and they're going to suffer in the end because a lot of them are. A lot of them have buried relatives. And it may be tough for them to realize that they went along with something that could have caused the death of a loved one night not treating early you know so i think i'm surprised that the malpractice attorneys in this country aren't just running you know festivals every weekend asking were you sent home without treatment i mean i think that could be a growth industry in medical malpractice because there's too much information out there now it's you know i, I don't i forget who said it but it's the quote it's history never feels like history when you're living through it it's messy and it's it's not until it's in hindsight that it starts to kind of solidify and you go oh that's what it is so and i and i know you're a busy guy i could talk to you for hours you're a fascinating guy you told me that you told me 30 to 40 minutes so we'll wrap it up in like the next five minutes Oh, that's cool all right is um 
But uh, the one thing I always think about is uh, is it's kind of like, well, what do we do, right? If, you know, if history is sloppy, we don't know while we're in it. There's all these moving variables. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a physician and I'm not a molecular biologist. So how do I? It's very simple. It is very simple. Just do the right thing. Just and it's so cheesy and it, but do the it makes me think of General Patton, right? I interviewed his granddaughter, but General Patton, right? Don't tell someone how to do something. Tell them what to do and let them surprise you with their ingenuity. You know, I want you to take that island. How do I do it? I don't care. Take it. You have ten hours. Maybe they use the bridges. Maybe they swim. Maybe they parachute. Maybe they artillery it. Who knows? Go take it. You don't need to know if you're not allowed to talk about it. And if people shoot you down for talking about it, and if they try to use groupthink and make you feel like a piece of shit for raising questions, hey, they're going to do it. Do the right thing. You know what the right thing is in your heart. You know what the right... If I can talk about any other conspiracy, Hillary Clinton's a lizard, aliens did 9-11, the earth is flat. All right. You know you know how it gets dealt with? It doesn't get squashed by the Ministry of Truth. People watch my podcast and go, this guy's an idiot. And they unsubscribe. And that's how you get feedback. Just do the right thing if you're not allowed to even talk about the deaths, if you're not allowed to talk about suppression of a generic decades, decades old medication that George Fareed, uh, Tyson, McCullough, Malone, Mobin Saeed, all these guys, if you can't talk about it, I mean, it, now if the, all these guys were representing a different vaccine, okay, I'd be like, well, how do I know that they're not making, you know, if McCullough worked for some other vaccine company? But the fact that the very thing they're pushing and arguing for is for generics, and they're not even saying, some of them are saying, don't take the vaccine. A lot of them are saying, if you want it, go for it. Or if you want this, go for that. The fact that, as the great philosopher, fat comedian Tim Dillon said a couple weeks ago, you know, it's one thing when people don't like answers, but we're rapidly approaching a society where you can't even ask the questions. And that is the end of America. Well, we're, we're at that now. I mean, when, look, when, what's the rapper the other day? Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. When <laughs> Nicki Minaj has become, my daughter's 12. We're sitting at the table the other day. How are you doing, baby? She says, when Nicki Minaj has become the voice of reason in this country, we've got a problem. And you know what? I, I, I want to give her some credit. What she said was, was very measured was appropriate. She said, she didn't say, don't take the vaccine. She said, and this is what I believe. Look, that's between you and your doctor. I'm not telling people to take it. I'm not telling you not to take it. What I'm saying is you need to do your own research and really ask questions. I, I don't, I have a lot of people that say, you know, my doc was just telling me to take it. Okay. If they do ask them, what are the pros and the cons? What do the studies say? ask questions. We tend to ask more questions about a car we're going to buy than we're going to ask about what we put in our body. And she said, pray about it, which I totally believe in. And then you got guys like Chris Rock, who's had two vaccinations, who used to rail on pharmacy companies in his, in his stand-up routine and says, I've got COVID, get the vax. Dude, you got the vax and you got COVID. Maybe you could be a little more inquisitive. There's probably something funny in that too. Yeah. But you know, it's, it, again, you have a woke society, and right now we need people like this lady that came out with HHS and Project Veritas. She's making a sacrifice, and, and, we, and I think it's important to understand a sacrifice is not always transactional. 
meaning I make a sacrifice and then I'm going to see the results in my lifetime. And that's where I think we are right now. It may be transcendent. You know, a lot of times there are a lot of famous people in the world that have made sacrifices that we didn't see in their lifetime. Look at Galileo. I mean, look how he was hammered because he said the world was round. I mean, the guy was a genius. And there's that famous picture of him in a, in a jail cell. And people are looking at him, but no one's going to. And they know he's right. He's got a whole solar system at his feet. And the sun's shining through into the cell at the solar system. But they put him in jail because he was right, because he went against the science at the time. So the one thing we know for certain is the science isn't always right. And sometimes the sacrifice you may not see in your lifetime, but the the famous and the great people in the world, they're willing to step out and do that. I mean, there was a guy, I don't know, 2,000 years ago said he was God, and he was railed on. Not many people believed him. They crucified him. He rose again, and then not many people saw that. And there was a big question mark. And during his life on earth, yet it's the most read book in the world is the Bible, and we all know Christ is who he says he was. But at the time, no one believed it, not the masses, not the majority. So I think it's imperative for everyone to look to your faith and look to yourself and realize, are you going to stand for truth? Are you going to go down that rabbit hole where it's going to be hard to look at yourself? Because you know, I know there are a lot of doctors out there. When you're alone, do you feel good about yourself? I mean, I think I'm, I'm just guessing, but I'm guessing the antidepressant meds are really gone up in use lately. That and alcohol is yeah. my best guess. But, um, you know, I think there's some good people out there. I think we have to stand as a nation. I think what you're doing, having young guys get out there and, and speak truth to power, which is so funny because the old rebels, you know, we're like the punk rockers, right? And now the conservatives are the new punk rockers. I mean, we're the ones that are know, going right? in the opposite direction. I know, right? But if you're not canceled, you're not you're not you're not speaking the truth. Yeah. Because if no one's canceling you and they're agreeing with you, you know, I think it go back to sixteen candles where that actor said I don't remember his name. He goes, Well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of king of the dipshits. Yeah. I don't want to be king of the dipshits. Yeah. I wanna be, you know, I'd rather just tell the truth and you know, let the chips fall where they may. It's it's the one thing I always think about is um, that well, you said that to me on the phone, and that's something that I've kind of been thinking about nonstop. But you're right; is it's not sacrifice is not always transactional. We like to think about it, but I mean, you know, we look at the sacrifice of the soldiers in World War II. We know that it led to us winning, you know, VE Day and VJ Day. There are a lot of guys who got off those got off those ramps on D Day. And were obliterated. They didn't see it was all worth it. Maybe they did in the afterlife, but to them, no. The last thing they saw was a you know was a rainy beach. They didn't get to see the sailor kissing the nurse, and they don't know that. So we don't. It, it, and, and as I told you, and I've thought about that, and I've, I've, I'm at peace with that. I'm like, hey, maybe I will, and it'd be an awesome gotcha. Maybe it won't, but as Ramdas, Baba Ram, the late Ramdas said. He goes, you know, I used to sit in the bathtub at night all by myself. And when there was no one's eyes to look into to tell me how great I was, I started to get a creeping feeling of, am I living my best life? Am I doing the right thing? When you're alone, it's just you sitting on the toilet and your phone dies and the screen goes black and you see your reflection and you're looking at it. and you're, Are you really okay with everything you're doing? 
Well, maybe you're okay now. You can, oh, would you get drunk? I don't want to think about it. This is the vaccine. Shut up. It's a pandemic. Trump is a Nazi. All right. Eventually, <laughs> eventually death comes. And are you well, okay? I, I, think, I, th- I think you guys will see the fruit of your labors. I think we'll have an awakening. That's what I'm praying for. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that, you know, a lot of guys like myself who were in Afghanistan and we're seeing just the absolute failure of this administration, how they got out. And we wonder, was our sacrifice worth it or our buddies? And I think it was because there's kids there and adults that had 20 years of not living under tyranny. And I think that population will eventually rise up against the Taliban, believe it or not, and try to take that freedom back that they had. Now, it's not the freedom we see, but for them, it was freedom. And, you know, I operated on a lot of kids there that I pray they have great lives, that we fix deformities and that they'll go on and you know, I won't see that, but it's not about what we see. It's what we're called to by God. And do we respond to our purpose or do we just live up in our heads and try to do everything ourselves? And just for me, that never worked. So when I, I had to pretty much go to my own funeral, once I died to me, life made more sense. And that's the way you can speak the truth. That's the way you can get behind the microphone every day like you do and go, you know what? I'm doing what I'm called to do. I know I'm, I'm swimming with the current and it doesn't matter if everyone agrees with me. It's my purpose. And that's, and I don't think there's any higher calling than to do what you were created for. Yes, sir. And it's, uh, and then as we said yesterday, aside from all the noble stuff and the Nuremberg's at the very core, at the very least, man, is it not a little more badass to just do what you're not supposed to do? Now at the Catholic high school, I wasn't allowed to have long hair. So I had hair right up to my ears and collar. As soon as I got out of high school, I got, it's been this short for 12 years because it's I don't care anymore. No one's telling me it can't be long or it can't be short. At the very least, man, when all the blue check marks tell you, oh, that's a debunk or, you know, neo-Nazi or mis- and they can't when you they can't bring up an argument against the VAERS data and they go, uh, you're a misogynist. It's like, well, what do you think about the VAERS data? Uh, you're a racist. And it's like, what are we even talking about? And when they kick you off and say, oh, you know, canceled, Hey man, stand up straight. You know that's 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 the modern yeah. leather jacket. That's and, the spiked hair. And, and don't argue with the jackasses. No, I mean it just brings you down. I mean the cool thing is the rebellious thing to do right now is speak the truth. Mm-hmm. The rebellious thing to do right now is to honor God. The rebellious thing to do right now is to have a moral compass, and that's what our founders talked about. It didn't mean perfect people, but they said you could never keep this nation, this republic. If we lose our morality, which basically is we just lose truth. Alexander de Tocqueville, when he came to this nation and he wanted to, he was a French sociologist and author, and he came here and he wanted to understand how America, after their revolution, didn't go around and swack everyone's head off like they did in France. And he wrote that two, the two book series. He wrote a lot of things, but he wrote, you know, Democracy in America. And he talked about America is great because America is good. They have laws that tell them what they can do, and they have morals that tell them what they can't. And he said he noticed that the strength in America came from the pulpits, that people went to church, they had a moral compass. And he said America will remain great as long, only as long as they remain moral and good. And he's because he said there's, this is why the experiment's so great. Because that's what gives you freedom. Freedom wasn't man's idea. It was God's idea. And so our freedom, our rights come from God, the laws of nature, and nature's God. So as long as we understand that, 
and we live that, then we can keep the Constitution. But right now we have another movement called Institution. And people want you to bow down to the Institution. And I refuse to do that because I live under the Constitution, which gives me my freedom. Shout out, Yuri. It's the long march through the institutions. And thou shall, you know, you have no other God other than the state. Absolutely not. And ultimately, you know, I do look at it this way, you know, since I lost my brother to suicide seven years ago, I've been forced to kind of face death in the eye for a long time. And I eventually came to the conclusion that it's not that we all have to die. We all get to die. We get to we get to put down our cross. We get to leave this world of burden. You get to back out. The coach will eventually say, all right, sub, and you get to come out and sit down and get some Gatorade. It all ends eventually. And it doesn't matter what anyone here says or does about you. Do the right thing, man, because it's all over eventually. Do th- if there is no other better honor than doing the right thing simply because it's the right thing, not because, well, maybe we get to see the fruits of our labors. No, you might die face first in the sand. You don't get to see the news that Hitler popped himself. Do the right thing because it's the right thing. Stand up to the tsunami because you don't want to get your sandals wet. Just do it. Just do what God created you for. Then, you know, you won't spend much time here as you will in heaven. So yeah. that's the way I look at it. Hell yeah, man. I've kept but I you... came later to the game. Hey, uh, do you what? I said I came later to that game. So, uh... Hey, man, I, I, I became very atheistic around 12, and it wasn't until I talked to Charlie Duke last year who walked on the moon. And we talked about, he talked about how when he came back from the moon, said, what else was there to do? He started drinking and said he's a bad guy. And then he found God and he said, his life's been better since. And I remember thinking, what if this podcast takes off? I asked him, I was like, what if I become Joe Rogan? What if I get everything I ever wanted and it's not enough? And we talked offline, we talked off the podcast and he was like, just find God. And I was like, yeah, it's nothing else is, there's no enough. Trust me. I've tried to, I've tried that. I mean, I, it wasn't until I got blown up. Yeah, I mean, you can't fill that hole because it's an empty void. You know, how many cars, planes, exciting times can you have? And then you realize, okay, I was created for a purpose. When I'm in my design, then I know what I'm doing. I understand that I'm here for a certain amount of time. I'm not here for myself. And, you know, my big moment came in my mid-40s where I found out who God was, but more importantly, who I wasn't. And when you do that, your life has purpose and meaning because you don't look for your needs and others. You look for God's needs and others. And you literally have to die to yourself to do that because, you know, we live in the land of good and bad in our head. We think, you know, that's where we get into trouble because, you know, it's not about what you do right or what you do wrong. The nature of sin is when you make yourself your own God. And that's what you're seeing with this woke. I mean, why do you think they're going after Christians so hard? Because of truth. I mean, Christians are the, the most tolerant people, you know, who follow you, love everyone. And so what you're seeing right now is people are, they can't get enough. Look at the left. They'll never be happy. They'll never be satisfied because they're their own God. I mean, literally, they create problems with no solution so they can spend more money on solving the unsolvable problem. And if you want to know how evil it is, just look at the, uh, I think it's a catechism of the revolutionary. It was written by one of the founders of communism. You can Google it. And he basically says to be a, a Marxist catechism, 
revolutionaries from Marxism is to be a true Marxist, you have to be willing to give up everything for the cause. You know, your parents, your kids, you know, and it's just like basically total destruction and chaos is your goal, which helps nobody. And so I think a lot of people are staring into the void right now and they're wondering what's the end of this. And I, I don't look at it like that. I just look at, okay, what has God called me to? I'm going to be true to that. I'm going to, I'm going to live out my purpose because if I can wrap my mind around doing it, then it's not God. And right now we need a miracle. And right now I'm extremely weak compared to what I see. And then that's usually when God shows up. So I'm, I've got a lot of faith. So do that'll I, be good. So do, so do I. I mean, I had on Tony Tedeschi, who was a firefighter who served at ground zero on nine 11, lost a lot of friends there. I remember him saying, because he and I used to be gym buddies, I remember him saying one time, because this is back when I was trying to build the podcast, and I was like, it's never going to work, man. And I remember him telling me, he was like, you know how we started cleaning up that 2 million tons of rubble? Because I just remember, like, I looked down and just started kind of picking up things and put it in a wheelbarrow. It's just one guy. Everyone was just like, let's start. And I was like, how can, just start, do what you can. And eventually, and they construct a new tower, and it's just... Do what you can. And, you know, I've, I've brought this up before is you know, Martin Luther King, right? Darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can drive out darkness. The left cancel culture, it creates nothing. All it does is destroy. And once it destroys, every, let's get rid of the rightmost inch of a, on a ruler. So you get rid of inches, you know, 11 through 12 on the ruler. Well, what do we do now? Let's get rid of the rightmost inch. So you get rid of inches 10 through 11, 9 through 10. You destroy everything. That's not woke enough now. That's not woke enough now. That's not woke enough. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., right, left his icon just four years ago. You know, Trump, we don't build walls. We build bridges. And everyone's gas queen. And then he goes, vaccine mandates are bad. And they say, crucify him. There's never enough. You cannot be. Nicki Minaj, you know, strong woman of color, elevator voice. I think we should do our own research. You dumb bitch. What are you, a doctor? I mean, those are comments. And it's just like, yeah. No, I, 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 you know, well, look, you, you. <laughs> It takes no energy to produce darkness. The only way you get darkness is the absence of light. Mm -hmm. So when there's no truth, you have darkness. As long as you, it, you can put a match in darkness and it'll illuminate it. If it's really dark, it'll illuminate the entire room. So when we see whistleblowers come out, when young folks like yourself speaking truth, you're, you're these points of light and darkness only fills a vacuum. It can't project itself. It has no energy. It only comes in the absence of light. We won't crumble from outside. We will crumble from within if we stop speaking the truth and forget why we got here and how we got here in the first place. It's the difference between destruction and construction is I mean, you can light a match and burn down a forest or you can build Manhattan. One of them's a lot more difficult and it's a lot harder but, I mean, which one's better, a, a burned-out husk of a countryside or 1930s Manhattan with the Empire State Building? And it's just do the right thing. Everyone, I believe, in their heart truly knows what the right thing is. Deep, deep down, you, you know what it is. You don't need anyone to tell you. You don't need to get the, you don't need to get the dictation from on high. You, you know what's good in your heart. You know, you, you know what it is. And it's, well, that's why it has to be in your heart. It can't be in your head. Yes, sir. That's the problem is people live in their head. Your heart's going to speak the truth to you. A lot of times we don't want to pay attention to that. So we get up in our head and we, who do you talk to yourself? Who do you talk to the most? Yourself. 
and you can talk yourself in and out of everything, especially when you are your own God. That's why I tell people, get go down to your heart, get out of your head, because you know, too many folks are living up in their head and they don't make the best choices. No, it's not. I've kept you for twice the amount of time you requested. All right, brother. Because I'm because I'm a terrible host and I can't be trusted. But thank you so much for coming on, man. What you a bet. pleasure that was. And uh, shout out Yuri, proof that you 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 can turn it around. You can turn it around. And now, thirty years later, forty years later, we're still talking about Yuri. You can make a change. And um, thank you so much, man. God bless. God hey, bless quick, America. Yes, sir. Check out check out the my scalpel. podcast. Yeah, it's. Look, it's cheaper than therapy for me, but we want to get the word out. So check it out. The scalpel with Dr. Keith Rose. It's on all the podcast things. I don't do any video. It's just quick hit, but it's grown pretty big. And what we want to do is we want to, we want to get the word out. Yeah. To me, that's all it's about. I, I swore I would never do this, but I woke up one day and realized that someone had to speak the truth. So you got to take the arrows. You thought I was going to do you dirty and not plug your podcast? Come on now. No, I, I didn't. Was, I, I, I was coming in. I was coming in to my... serve you up. No, 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 no. <laughs> First of all, I was never. I never talked about it. Most time, I end an interview, I never say anything. And but I remember my producer texting me and goes, "You better say something about your podcast because I never do. Yeah, because I don't care. I don't. It's not yeah. sponsored. I don't want anything. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know people listened to it till one day. He goes, "Did you see how many people listen to it?" And I go, "No, I don't really care. Yeah, you know. yeah." No, I've, every once in a while. I'll... It's my therapy, man. I, I just do it. Keeps me sane, man. These conversations, this is stuff people pay for. Pay it for... keeps people alive for me. So, you know, that's a good thing. I have, hey, I have man, an outlet. It is, it is, it, it, it keeps me sane. No, but everyone, yeah, I have on authors every once in a while. At the very end, they're like, oh, in my book. And I'm like, come on, brother. You thought I wasn't going to plug the book? Like, I know it. It's, it's, you know what? I don't even care if they go there. I know. But it's, uh, I know. But no, if it's, you have trouble sleeping at night, it's awesome. No, it's just it's, put it on, put the thing on, and you just drift off. Dude, it's your creative work. You know, people are like, I read a news article. They're like, I'm so embarrassed. I always check how many views. I'm like, dude, there's nothing wrong with creating something and then getting excited when people follow it. It's one of the most simple pleasures. I made a yeah, thing. Yeah, I just don't have time to check it. I, it's I know like, you. I know you're I the busiest man in the world. It's cheaper than talking to the therapist, so I just like talk to the mic. Hell yeah, man. Well, hey, dude, my podcast hey, is yours. Appreciate I would, you, brother. I would love to have you back on, man. I know you're a busy guy, so Absolutely. we'll schedule it. God bless. God bless America. Stay safe. Check out the scalpel. Do the right thing, everyone. We're all eventually going back to dust. Do the right thing. <laughs> Take care, brother. Recording stop. Peace. Peace.